Vent a Podcast for all mankind. My name is Dan Warren. Welcome back to NASA Vending Machine, the show where we recap episodes of For All Mankind. Uh, I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Jason Snell. Hi, Jason. Spasiba, Dan, comrade. <laughs> uh, Pajalista. Um, this is episode season four, episode seven, Crossing the Line. What line gets crossed? Perhaps there's more than one line oh. to cross here. Mm. Perhaps many lines are crossed. Perhaps. Perhaps uh, so. Yes. Well, a lot of stuff mm. happening. Let's mm. let's kick things off with mm-hmm. the A-plot, which is the strike. Um, strikes have lines. Picket lines. Strikes have lines. You can Picket cross lines. them. That's right. Picket lines on Mars. Um so with Helios on strike, apparently it's day seven of the strike. All the maintenance stuff is piling up. Ed has basically inserted himself into, as we saw last week, he is essentially, if not quite spearheading the the Helios side of things, definitely inserting himself into the leadership process. Yeah, In fact, I feel like on. you see, yeah. yeah, I feel like you see Sam a little bit like taken aback a couple times when when Ed is jumping into this, yeah, and they're they're negotiating with Danielle. And Ed is mad at Danielle. Yeah. Uh, and it's, you know, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of tension. There's a lot of tension happening. Mm-hmm. And and the tension uh, is cycled by the fact that the they have a, they have to bi- start have making fuel in order yeah. to go get the asteroid who is the ticking clock. And the fuel, uh, the cryo center where the fuel is made out of the Mars atmosphere is uh, is run by Helios run people by Helios, who yeah. are not, you know, yeah, exactly. And so, essentially, what we learn is that the, basically the cosmonauts and astronauts are going to have to do that themselves. Uh, and so they're like, "Well, let's go do it." And then they discover that all of the pressure suits have been thrown out into the atmosphere. Basically, are just lying in a heap. I really had this uh, moment here where they are like, "Come look outside the window," and I was like, "Please tell me there's like a bunch of people with like strike picket signs." standing outside in spacesuits because yeah. I love that visual. Yeah. But no, they've just left no. the empty suits everywhere and they've used the rovers to block the airlocks yes. to the cryo center. So basically there's no way in. Right. Um, but they discovered there is one option, which is they can go underground because there are water pipes that basically lead to the cryo center. And if they drain them, uh, they can crawl through them. Yeah. <laughs> which is it's pretty cool. Heck, yeah, pretty cool. It doesn't smell great, apparently, but there you go. And I, um, and I have a note in here where I basically said, and I know I said this last week, but just to restate this, it's a few hundred people. Mm. Trillions of dollars are being Trillions spent here. This is, this is, it's like when they, when people complain about how much money professional athletes make. And it's like, mm-hmm. it's a billion dollar business and they, and, and a baseball team only employs 25 major league players. It's like, you should probably get paid a lot of money since that's. You know, you don't have that many employees and the key ones, you should probably pay them because we know, I know you're like, oh, nobody is worth $8 million a year. But it's like, yeah, but the billionaire who owns the team is making huge amounts of money and increased value in the, in the team over time. So, uh, uh, we just have this, there's often this dichotomy where it's sort of like, oh no, but workers shouldn't get paid. And it's just like, it's so frustrating. It's like trillions of dollars on the table here for this asteroid mm-hmm. and they're like no these hundred 150 workers or whatever we should we should not pay them we should what low, they went lowball them and in yeah. fact but there is this very important moment that happens in this episode that i i think is because it has to be this because because surely all of us are thinking this so what they do is they make it's it's made clear in dialogue right before they crawl through the decide to crawl through the drain pipe 
that one of the workers' demands is not moving the asteroid to Earth, but mm-hmm. just keeping it to Mars because it's like it's almost like trying to say, don't put your factory somewhere else. Keep it in the U.S. It's a little like that, which is we're Mars workers and you want to take the asteroid to Earth, in which case we don't have any work. And that is a much more reasonable. I mean, it's not a reasonable demand, but it is a reason why talks would break down because otherwise you really right. could just pay them. Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, yeah, that that whole thing is kind of implausible, too. Right. Because it's the there is a unreality to that demand right I, it is the I, demanding yeah. a giant company do something and you're like but the, the return is gonna be so, like I, we I all like understand it. the economics of it I, I like it because i think that there's a realism there of uh this clash between people who are like well just don't do that do the thing you were going to do before and the business saying well we've run the numbers like again i'm going to take both sides here right i'm going to say you should pay your workers there's a lot of money involved pay your workers at the same time do your workers maybe have an unrealistic view of how business works and how money works and how either we don't do this at all or we do it on earth? And, you know, both of those things can be true. They can be badly paid and ought to be paid better and also can make some demands that are unreasonable because the business simply just can't say yes. There's no scenario where the business say, says yes to that. Right. Yeah, it, it it part of it also smacks me of like you know the stories about like uh, like coal miners you know in West Virginia or whatever sure. where there's like that's oh, a small industry but they want to keep make people like keep mining coal right like this because what we do we make coal we're like we mine coal and like, you like should, we want to turn you into a solar installer and they're like but yeah, that's like, not no, what no, we no. do no no we mine coal and we want you to keep <laughs> mining coal it was like, but it's really bad for everything else and they're like doesn't matter we're coal miners yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, there's yeah, there's a problem there. The, the uh, there's that famous saying about you know never, um, never try to make somebody understand something when their job depends on them not understanding mm-hmm. it, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's mm-hmm. that's yeah. Uh, Kelly, Dev, and Alex arrive uh, at Mars, um, right? And Alex does you know after asking where Ed is when he shows up is very shy and intimidated around him. Um, which is understandable. I mean, you've only seen him on video and he's very tall uh, and a little imposing. Yeah. Um, I like this bit here. There's a funny bit here where uh, basically Danny is like, I'm going to take Dev. I want to talk to him. Uh, Palmer can take uh, Kelly and Alex. And then Ed shows up and uh, Palmer's carrying the bags. And oh, Ed man. Has a snarky. Palmer, finally useful. Finally useful. So, uh, so good. Also, I like the moment where Dev is like trying to do his human side where he's like, hey, perk up, little man. We're on Mars. And yeah. I'm like, oh, Dev. Let me explain turbulence. Yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Oh, it's all going to be good. I'm like, come, Dev. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He's, um, mm, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So, so Ed shows up, digs Palmer, and then Danny's like, no, 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 Dev, come to me. And Dev's yeah. immediate response is, well, thanks for showing me to my quarters. Yeah. Yeah. Danny tries to put the screws. <laughs> To her, to Dev. Yeah. Uh, and Dev blows her off. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, she's like, you have people here on strike. You got to fix this because we have to get this done. Yeah, we got to do this And Dev's like, now. Yeah, maybe yeah. I will, maybe I won't. I, I haven't decided yet. Yeah, yeah. I'll take it under advisement, to quote Ed from last week. <laughs> and uh, and then, and, and Danielle's response. And again, I understand this, but I think this is the nut of the problem. And this whole season is bringing it up, which is Danny says, I'm the base commander, what I say goes. And it's like, right. okay, but he's the CEO of your contractor. But like, if you're on a military base or if you're on a ship and like, yeah. but is this a military base? This is the tension. This and are you tension. really in yeah, charge? 100%. And of course, as we said last 
last time and and this time with the strike like the workers they can't just like turn them out of the compound and bring in more workers like on earth these are the people who are there so their leverage is far beyond what the leverage would normally be so danielle can say i'm in charge but like the military chain of command to a whole it's, bunch it's, of civilian workers and yeah. billionaire ceos come on Come so on. I, I think, do you feel like there, like me, do you feel like there was an unsaid bit here where Danny's like, I'm the base commander, what I say goes, and Dev is just sitting there thinking, for now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, I think that's exactly it. I think I think it's like, well, sure, you think that, but but really, who, and uh, whoever says things and they happen is who's in charge. Right. And I made this comment, I think, earlier in the season that I wondered what Dev's sort of endgame exactly uh-huh. is. Like, we find out. Whether... <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I thought part of me was also like, does he want to be like mayor of Mars, right? Like, I think there is an element of that where, yeah. you know, he's decided I'm going to go to Mars. I'm not coming back. President how of Mars. How is he going to, yeah, exactly. How is he going to leverage, I'm a billionaire and I'm on Mars. Therefore, what can I, what can I do to right. like sort of, like, cause it doesn't really matter if you're a billionaire on Mars because there's nothing to do and nothing to spend your money on, right? The only right. thing you can do is get power. And there's a question is, is he an idealist? Is he just power hungry? I guess we'll see. But I he has some thoughts. We'll get there. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> there's a scene where Kelly, uh, they're eating spaghetti that Ed has made because that's what Ed does. And Kelly oh, has yeah. brought him his terrible Parmesan cheese. Yes. Yeah. The Kraft uh, <laughs> uh, powdered Parmesan cheese. Which... Call back. Oh, we didn't um, mention Dr. Dima checks out Alex. Dr. Dima sweet checks out if Alex. If you remember season three, because he, del- D- he delivers him. Dima delivers Alex. And, and there's a sweet moment where he's like, I knew your father. I liked it. I liked him very much. We played chess. Yeah, I yeah, enjoyed we, that. That he, was sad. He's but a great. But nice. I like. He's a bit character, but I enjoy the doctor quite a bit. And, and I loved, loved this. Yes, this is the key moment, right? Where he tells him how much his health is better here, and he says he's more at home here than on Earth. Yes, and and Alex is our first like Martian. native Martian, right? Yeah. I don't think Alex um, is going home. I think. I think next season we're going to see an older Alex as a I main think you're that right. Is my guess. Yep. Because uh, he is the first of the Mars generation. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but um, Ed continues to be uh, Ed and pours a bunch of Parmesan cheese on Alex's spaghetti. And Alex is like, I didn't ask for that. I'm out of here. It. Uh, Kelly tries to get Ed to reel it in. And this is where it kind of gets interesting because Ed makes this argument that Mars could be a home and that he, he seems to have maybe there's an actual reason underneath his posturing that he is actually feeling threatened by this is that he doesn't want to go home and he feels like the the asteroid going to earth is jeopardizing the future of mars he he mentions mcmurdo which is the an antarctic science station where kelly was working yeah working uh before she got recruited to go to mars (laughs) how'd that work out so um it is, and she's like, "What's wrong with McMurdo?" And he, and he's like, "It's not a home. It's like, and and this is this is the argument we're getting the Mar- Mars kind of colonization argument. It dovetails actually with Danny saying on the base commander, right? Which is, well, what is Mars? What is Mars going to yeah. be? And is it going to be a military institution or a scientific research outpost, or is it going to be a place where people live? And is Ed's argument colony? here is, yeah. I thought this was going to be a place that was going to grow and be. Uh, a place where people come, and now it feels like it's going to be a backwater because all the money is going to be spent on that asteroid and dropping its stuff down on Earth. And uh, I get it. I, I, I get it. I, I don't know how much he believes it. Certainly he's feeling it with his daughter and grandchild present for a Baldwin family dinner with spaghetti, again, but on right. Mars, that maybe this could be a home. 
I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I think and, it's interesting because it is. I don't know how sincere Ed is, right? Like, how much of this yeah. is driven by fear of him feeling like if I leave and go home, a I have to confront the fact that, and this is being a little harsh to like his relationship to Kelly and Alex, but like I don't feel that I have anything there anymore, right? Yeah. He's Kel, uh, Karen's dead, Shane long dead. Yep. Like all his friend Gordo's gone. His whole like, identity is wrapped up. Yeah, That's Molly's why he's reacted dead. so badly to being grounded. Is that all his whole? What does he have? His whole identity is being a pilot. Yeah, exactly. And and I think is it, is he just driven by fear? I guess is the question. Or does he actually believe in this idealism? Or and or is it just a cover? Right. Like I don't know. I don't. Ed is Ed is inscrutable at mm-hmm. times, which I think is in it makes his character interesting. Um. So. Uh, they've decided, uh, you know, to, they've got their people crawling in. They're in the cryo center, their little team. Uh, and we learn that the problem is going to be that the Helios team has removed the primary gas flow regulator. Oops. Which is a thing you need to pump gas. Yes. But, um, but somebody says, I'm going to bypass the regulator, leading to a great, great little line, which is, you can't do that. <laughs> yeah. You can't bypass a regulator. You can't just do that. And they're like, oh, we did this all the time. And uh, my note on this one says, it goes just as bad as you think it will. Yes. Yeah, this uh, is a for, real for all mankind moment, right? Which is, let's do a risky thing. Oh, they're all, Lauren said to me, she's like, oh, they're all going to die. <laughs> like, yeah. Yep. yep. That's what's going to happen. So, boom. Boom. Yeah. Well, they turn it on and things go into the red and, and then they're like, oh, turn it off, turn it off, turn it off. And like, before they can even do it, boom, it's, there's a big explosion. Oops. Um. We, I'm going to jump back to, to Earth for a second because it has a relevance to it. Uh, there was a meeting. Eli is informed with, about this explosion, and he has a meeting with our pal Will Tyler and with uh, apparently the director of the CIA, who yeah. points out that both the KGB and CIA have assets on Happy Valley. Uh-huh. Uh, that's a real, And there's a literal Chekhov's gun when he points out, oh, they have access to standard en- energy attenuated projectile systems. Yeah. Non-lethal rounds. Guns. I mean, but they yeah. won't, they, well, they won't uh, like them, they, but they won't punch yeah, you in like the compound. That, that's, that's lying. It won't shoot a hole through the wall. What about the skin? It won't tickle. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, and they're arguing this is a terrorist attack, which people are a little uh, put out by. Uh, Will comes up with the compromise of, hey, we've already got people out there with with military backgrounds. Can we just deputize them? Which, again, goes to the whole thing of, like, power, Mm -hmm. which is like, well, now now they're going to have sidearms, I guess. But really, like, it's the same thing, which is like, well, we're just saying that the military is in charge of all these civilians on Happy Valley. They're they're just because we say so, because we're back on Earth and we say so. But let's give Um, them guns and then that'll help. I don't think they have guns, but they are still like roughing uh, people up, right? They like they like go through all the bunks and they're like, well, that's true. They turn over the bunks and, and yeah, and they get into fights with people and all of this. And I don't know, uh, do they have sidearms though? I know that there are sidearms up there. I wonder well, because, if they have sidearms. Eli specifically asks, if, "Are there guns? Are there any weapons I need to know about?" And the implication is the KGB and CIA assets have access to weapons, mm. but I'm not sure the rank and file okay. do because right. it's not nominally a military, right? There again, it's the same issue. It's like. Do you have an arms locker or are you just sort of trusting being able to like throw people in the brig if you need right. to? It's like, yeah. So interesting and definitely something hanging out there. Mm-hmm. Um, the strikers are starting to crack at this point. The resolve is starting to crack. Ed is trying to keep them in line when who should walk in? Dev, <laughs> Dev Iessa. Iessa. And boy, 
what in, in typical dev first off he wastes sugar how much sugar do you think there is on mars somebody i thought immediately the end of the scene somebody's going to go out there and sweep up all the sugar sweep it up yeah yeah he pours out an entire bag of domino sugar on the floor draws a line in the sand as it were mm-hmm. uh and then starts making starts dealing right uh he's offering better pension he's offering shares of helio stock improved healthcare, amnesty and best of all first hundred people across the line basically get a million dollars yeah um there it goes uh somebody crosses the line well and, and he says changing the destination is never gonna happen right like he's like look, happen, that's right? not gonna not happen but i will but agree to give you. all of your uh, we'll get nasa to agree to workplace safety i will add in all of these other things which you know in the end I don't know if it's I trust. Deal. I don't trust yeah. him necessarily, oh, yeah. but the yeah. idea there is: look, we'll pay you well, but you need to get back to work right now. And uh, and they all cross, and Ed says, "Well done, Dev. You just killed Mars." Which is like, but did he? But did he? Uh, interesting. And uh, and Ed and Dev will never speak again. Oh wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that moment. There's like five people left on the other side of the line. And Ed is one of them, hard as it is to believe. Uh, I mean, he doesn't need the money, probably. He doesn't need... No. He doesn't care. He didn't care about any of those things. He's but in management anyway. The, he's not He's exactly. not even complaining he not about this. by the union. Um, so, uh, yeah. Um, and then we have our scene where Dev basically comes to Ed, who's biking oh. angrily. Right. Uh, and so what did you think when this scene starts? Because I'm like, I have no idea what's going to happen here, but I don't think it's, I think Dev is up to something, right? But Oh yeah, I 100% thought he had an angle. Yeah. And I didn't know what it was because I was like, wow, what yeah. He, what can he actually do, right? Like what is within his power? Is he and, just going to show up and tell him like, ah, none of that's well, going to happen? Thought, I thought he's going to make an offer to Ed probably to like use him as a, as his pilot. And, and I'm like, but, but what for? Well, <laughs> well, in in true, uh, I found myself feeling like uh, I don't know if you ever watched the show Leverage, but in every episode they would always do, "Let's go steal a blank." Yeah, <laughs> and the answer is, "Let's go steal an asteroid." Ah, uh, uh, yeah. The 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 pitch here is like <laughs> neither of us wants to go back. He's basically like, "Hey, Ed, I'm not going back either. You're not going back. I'm not going back. I'm with you on this thing about like Mars and like we can make Mars a living, breathing society." I'm talking about taking what's rightfully ours, and you're like. Oh no! Yep. It's like want to help me steal an asteroid, and I laughed, and I thought this is amazing because it's that dichotomy, that Earth Mars dichotomy that they're apparently leaning into here, which is just yes, all the governments of the world have agreed that the Earth is going to take this asteroid, and Dev is like, nah, how about not? Yeah, yeah. what you going to do? Because there's a ticking well, clock, and if he can get it so that Earth can't have it, but he gets it. Then he's got it, right? Then he's got the $20 this, trillion dollar asteroid. I found this fascinating because we <gasps> also, in the scene where Dev shows up to talk to the strikers, um, I think we're, we're might, it's easy to forget that it was last season, right, where Ed ends up working for Dev because he essentially lets him captain the Mars mission, right? He was supposed to do the NASA mission, but then they gave it to Danielle. And so Ed goes to work for Helios because Ed is all about Ed. And then we have that that conflict where um, when the ships start breaking down, right? And Ed is like, basically, Devs tells him, "Don't don't help them." And Ed is like, "Nah, man, like we're, <laughs> that's not how we do things, right?" Uh, and they don't, so like they have some bad blood, right? Because like you know, Ed calls him a snake oil salesman, and we of course know some of the background through Karen and stuff like that. That Ed is aware that 
Dev is is he's he's slippery, right? Yeah, like a little shady. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, you're right. If you're Ed, you are right not to trust Dev. But like they're both kind of in it for themselves, right? Like mm-hmm. it's two guys who are like, I don't want to go home because my home is hard. And therefore, I will do like it's the meme about like you know men will steal a iridium rich asteroid instead of going to therapy, uh, but yes, yeah, they I got want a, to stay on Mars. I got an interesting email a few weeks ago that we got for the podcast from listener Sam, who wrote in to say you guys talk about the Steve Jobs thing, but he's also Elon Musk. I'm like, well, I, I think it's little, both, right? The Steve Jobs little, thing yeah. about about returning to his company and all of that is a very Steve Jobs kind of arc, and he was put as uh, as that. But yes, is he Elon Musk? Well, yes, and this is a good yeah. moment of that, which is the whole idea of, like, uh, why don't we – I just am going to stay on Mars. Because Musk has said at some point, like, I'd like to die on Mars, but old, <laughs> right? Like, not yeah. crashing into it. And, like – and and that guy's an egomaniac, right? So, so uh, so yeah, there, there's the, a Musk angle to, to what Dev Iessa is doing here, too. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know where that's going to go. Um, we should talk about like Margot and Alita. There's not a lot yep. in the B plot. Yeah, but there's there's, there's a, a few things in the B plot here um, where essentially Margot is now persona grata at at Ross Cosmos and now being out of the shadows. People yeah. are nice to her. People say good morning, good morning to her. Margot, yeah, uh, she does. And she, she does inform in Arena like everyone's like, oh, Dev, you know, he's just part of the American complex. And she's like, no, 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 no. Nah, nah, you got What you got to know about Dev? Let me tell you yeah. about Dev. I know Dev. He, he only cares about his own interests, which is yeah. a, an important point to underline, especially given what happens later. And and Margot knows it because Margot's like, look, I was already in charge. I was in charge over there. Dev yeah. is not our buddy. So yeah. he's not their buddy now. So, um, yeah. She credits her friend Tatiana for doing the math on the asteroid capture, yes. which is a nice the moment. The lady from the vending machine. Yep. Um, um, also, I, I put down here a note about Margot that I, I just struck me in this scene, which is she is basically now where her mentor, Werner von Braun, was. Yes. Where she no, is in another point. country's space center as an expert speaking a second language. Yeah. So she is she is very much following in the path of Werner von Braun in that way. I just think it's just a funny parallel. Well, and I thought it was also me. interesting with Tatiana there, right, is essentially her. Yeah. I had that thought. She needs a mentor, right? Because remember, we know her mentor got dragged out by the KGB yeah. and she didn't do anything. And so she's looking for a mentor and, and Margot has picked it up and she's sort of like a substitute Aleda, maybe? Yeah, I was going to say, the, the the vending machine lady is a, is a, an Aleda, Russian Aleda. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I also had my note here about the USSR. So we have Irina and Eli talking about basically uh, going around Helios and doing the thing with the astronauts to uh, start the fuel pumps. Um, and uh, I had this moment of thinking to myself, boy, <laughs> there is some irony in watching the USSR, cr- the USSR crush a worker strike, right? The USSR, the Soviet oh, Union, yeah, the workers, we're, the workers, we're all about the workers. Uh, nope. It's we are. That is a That is no. a sham. As we know from the Soviet Union itself, it do- doesn't exactly come into the ideals don't meet reality. Sure. But still, oh, the irony of it's that. It's funny. It yeah. is irony. There's a Darth Vader moment in in this uh, in this scene too, because she's like, uh, uh, "You're going to go to Houston," and Marco's like, "No, no, no." And Krzyzynko, she's like, Krzyzynko oh, yeah. has said you were going to, going to Houston." He said, "We had an agreement. I was going to work here." And he's like, "The agreement has changed. <laughs> Pray I don't alter it further." <laughs> yeah, yeah. So she's got to go to the U.S. and she uh, she's like, "Ah, uh, that's super yeah. worrying." She's like, like I, "You'll I, have diplomatic immunity." Yeah, and... <laughs> but she's like, "No, no, no. Yeah. I, I was going to come out, and people were going to call me a traitor, but you weren't going to make me go back." 
and they're like, yeah, you're going to go back. Yeah, because <laughs> like, oh, wants to rub it in their faces too, right? Is what everybody else says. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, we also, uh, at home, Aleda has to go on Eagle News. Eagle News. Fox News yep. uh, version, which I, first of all, I was like, who booked this interview? <laughs> yeah. Uh, somebody let you down there, Aleda. Sorry, yeah. you should not be on this channel. No. Uh, we learn that there's a uh, in, in alternate history details. We learn there's a civil war in Saudi Arabia. Right. That was there yeah. was a uh, the, uh, in the in the montage. There was the suggestion that there was an Iran esque revolution, but it sounds like it's a civil war in Saudi Arabia. Um, probably in part, the implication there is that uh, oil money has dried up because of all the fusion whatevers mm, that they mm -hmm. are doing now and electric cars and all of that. And so it's caused instability uh, in Saudi Arabia. Also learn the uh, Senate Majority Leader is Dianne Feinstein, uh -huh. uh, which is, uh, I mean, interesting. Um, this interview is great. Alita is basically put on her back foot because she thinks she's there to talk about the asteroid getting grabbed. But instead, they just want to ask her about Margot showing up. And she basically flips out and starts swearing a blue streak at her, which is and hilarious, especially the scene where she turns it off and her teenage son says, but it just started getting good. Yeah. Yeah. They had to blur that part where you flip her off. Flipped her off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was very good. I enjoyed that. And, uh, and we get follow moments. following up from last week's commentary when I was talking about her hugging Margot. She says, when I first saw her, I was so happy she was alive. But now that she's coming back, I wish she was, wish still, she was dead. still dead. Yeah. Wow. Um, harsh. But, you know, you can see where she's coming from. Yeah. I mean, she goes, um, she breaks into. Into she goes to Hobson's office Hobson's and tells him, "Don't you can't let her back. Call somebody. Call the Department of Defense. Call and state. Great, whatever. Great, great callback. When they're like, how would they like it if the remember the guy who defected on the moon in season two was it? Mm, I don't who, know. I was trying to place the. I was trying to place the name. Yeah, we use him as our Helios rep. Yeah. How how would you how would you think they would like that? The 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 Russian who defected. That, but Hobson like, is yeah, such a politician. I'm a pushover. Like, yeah, no, but we got to do it. Um, I also it. enjoy Hobson's bit earlier in the year where he talks about dealing with the strikers earlier in here because, of course, he was a a auto industry yes. guy, right? So, so he's he's, dead, he's dealt with the UAW and stuff like that, and of course, he's like, yeah, strikes. This is kind of what I do. Yeah, I mean, I'm brought back to my my uncle who I mentioned is uh, he was a for a glass and plastics manufacturer, but yeah, he was the head of. HR, VP of HR, and and that was what he did is negotiate with the unions, and that's just Hobson is is doing that. He's like, ah, yeah, yeah, negotiate on okay. union unrest. The difference is that they have way more leverage on Mars than they do on Earth. Again, and our uh, our last scene with them is basically Margot showing up and meeting Eli and having to walk into the I thought a great moment having to walk into the Molly Cobb <laughs> Space Center. Yeah, right. Uh, oof, uh, kind of a a bit of a knife turn there. Right. I feel like you know they didn't name it for uh, you. You nope. died here too. They didn't name it yep. for you. Yeah, uh, and you're alive, so they would have had to change the name anyways. Probably. I I had a uh, thought, yeah. which is that that it would have been, and my guess is that because she was under investigation, there was a very quiet yeah. thing to not name anything right, after we her. Knew the FBI already were aware of her. Exactly, her and deal, also so, yeah. it's also possible that again they, they haven't said anything in the text of the show. It's also possible that the CIA was aware that she yes. was not dead but yeah. it would have we been don't get that but, quite yeah. a moment if she had gone into the mission control room and it turns out that it's actually the marco mission control room yeah <laughs> um r.i.p but not really jk jk uh right. yeah so that and that's that's where we leave it right so it's just like uh i don't even know who the okay i don't know 
there's that scene earlier on where she says Dev only cares about his own interests and they send her there and all that. And like, and we know that the Russians have all the iridium right now on Earth. So right. I'm not, so they have I'm a not vested quite... interest in the asteroid not showing up. Yeah, I, I'm not quite sure what the what the uh, axes of, of power are. Is it Earth Part versus Mars? Is the... it? I wonder if, uh, you know, I sat there thinking, of course, you know, Margot's got to go back to Houston. She's got to go back to NASA, all of this. Is there a part of her that we, we talked, you know, last week about regrets and, you know, you don't get a second chance. But part of me is wondering if we're setting up Margot for a second chance to, like, defect back, yeah. essentially, or just somehow throw the Russians under the bus when it's like, oh, the Russians are telling me to do this thing to sabotage it because they don't want the Iridium asteroid, but she comes clean or whatever. I don't know. I, she, I honestly couldn't tell you. But, like... She's never really played as un-American, right? She still insists she did everything by the book. Not by the book. Everything was... She judged it to be not essential. Even if the government said, oh, no, you shouldn't have shared that. She... Right, the security stuff. A yeah. knowledgeable person was like, it doesn't matter. I made my... You know, I declassified my own information, she basically yes. says. And I wonder... Yes, I wonder if she's going to be put to the test of something that is truly a betrayal of the United States and if she's willing to do that for her handlers. I also have, because we're talking about the Earth-Mars dichotomy, I also wonder if Margot ends up in space mm. only because that would be a way for her to it's, be kind of neutral, sort of free of, of that kind of control that they have over her. But I don't think know. She has no desire to go to space. Like she likes yeah, to think I know. about it, but she doesn't want to go there. If if I had to make a guess, I I would make a guess that this is this is her last season on yeah, the show. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. And that she probably doesn't make it out alive. But I don't. I, it's just a guess that that if she's being put under this level of pressure, that this is the. This is the heck, swan song I thought, for her. I thought that was the case for Ed last year. And I know, Ed is and still here going, he is. And I'm not convinced Ed doesn't survive this season somehow. I know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where this is going. Uh, you mentioned, I think, last time about uh, about uh, are they going to like crash the asteroid into the Earth or, or the I moon? I think that's I, a risk. I look yeah. at this and I think, like, are you going to crash the asteroid into Mars or is it going to, you're going to put it into Mars orbit or what, what do you, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen next. I, 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 and they're, they're somehow going to rebuild oh. and fix the fuel station. Some, you know, oh boy. I mean, there's a lot. Dev's going to try to steal yeah. it, but Helios is trying to fix the fuel station. Are we going to have like a race? Where are they going to get a ship to like to steal? Like yeah. Ed's got his hand problems. Or, the, Dev wants him to pilot the ship. Right. Is that going to be risky? I don't know. There's a lot happening here. But but I do wonder if in the end, if there's stuff that's owned by Helios, if part of this is that Dev basically says Helios is no longer working with the M7. We're 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 running this ourselves. And it ends up being what that are you going to do? What do you, yeah? What and what are you going to do about it? Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. Is it's, Helios uh, transmuting into like the government of Mars? Is that yeah. is that where we're going? I, I don't know. know. I'm 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 fascinated. This is this is classic for all mankind. We've it got is. a bunch of ingredients. Everything sort of enrolled up into this big ball, and it's only going to accelerate. The pressure keeps over the building. The heat keeps building, and and I just I and love how this explodes. I love how this episode ends because mm -hmm. in one line. We, you know, we got four more episodes to go. In one line, in episode six of ten, the audience—if you're anything like me—the audience is just like, "Whoa, wait a second. It's like, <laughs> yeah, everything, all of those details are now going to change because of this moment where this one Part character says, "Want to help me steal an asteroid?" <laughs> Part of me envisions 
you know, the writers in the writer room breaking season four and just being like, okay, here's the pitch. Dev wants to steal an asteroid. How do we yeah. get to that point? Yeah. Or or they're breaking the, the season and they're talking about Dev and somebody says, well, wait a second. If I'm Dev, why would I not just try to take it for myself? And everybody looking around like, huh. Yeah, it's not hmm. wrong. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. It's a great moment. In a show that you know, I love this show for the for the big swings and the terrible space accidents and like these are why we mm-hmm. watch. This is why we watch for all mankind. Plus the good character stuff too. It's all in there. Good stuff. Fun times. I can't wait to see what happens next. Yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Three episodes left to go, and um, or four, yeah, four, yeah. right? No, three. You're right. It's no, episode three, seven. seven. Yeah, only three yeah, episodes. We well, three the left. that is totally for all mankind. Seven episodes in, and you're like, oh no, we just turned Here the whole thing on its head. Three more episodes to figure it out. Um, next next week, everybody will get to watch that episode eight. A little peep behind the curtain. <laughs> Dan and I won't be able to watch it uh, next week because we've been doing these episodes in advance and we've reached the cliffhanger of episode seven, this amazing cliffhanger, and we don't know when we're going to see episode eight. Hopefully soon. Soonish. But, but for you all, next week, we'll be back. Yeah. Yeah. You get to see it even sooner? I don't know how that works. I don't time. know how time is very confusing. Yeah, that's right. Time's but confusing. but what a way to, for if we're, if you and I are going to take a little break from our sort of marathon for all mankind watching now is a, a great cliffhanger. It's good. I, I need to catch my breath uh, and get ready. But yeah, yeah. so we'll, uh, you, dear listener, will hear, hear next week's episode next week. Yeah. Uh, we don't, so uh, until then, I guess, uh, bye, Jason. Bye, Dan. Everybody out there, remember an asteroid is just a big vending machine. Just don't forget that. <laughs> Mars Asteroid is the new title of the show. Mm hmm.